Good evening, everybody. This is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, 5.30 p.m., our regularly scheduled meeting. Could I get a roll call, please? Seven council members are present this evening. Council member Letman is joining us on the telephone. Council member Letman, can you hear us? Council member Letman, can you hear us? Yes, I can. All right, we can hear you now loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you. We're gonna start this evening with an invocation from Pastor Bill Jones from Bethel Community Church. If you'd like to join us, please stand. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, council members, and staff. It's always an honor to be with you guys. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we stand before you this evening asking for your blessing. Be upon this body to fill us, Father, with your presence as we deal with the city's business. Father, we ask for your mercy, for your goodness, for your guidance. We pray for the prosperity and the well-being of the city, and we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, to guide us through this holiday, this Christmas season, and bring us into a prosperous new year. We thank you again for your presence in our presence. We ask for your blessings to continue to be upon us. Let us not ever forget you. Name of Jesus. Join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America. Please be seated. start with a call to the public if you're an individual you have three minutes if you're representing a group you have five minutes you have to let us know and your group must be here with you thank you who'd like to come up first Hey, Mr. Mayor, Council Members. Um, my name is Jamie Bernier and I'm the Housing and Community Revitalization Manager for Mojave County Community Services. And I'm here today to make sure the public is aware of an upcoming opportunity for nonprofits and special districts seeking federal funding assistance from housing and urban development, known as HUD, using Community Development Block Grant, CDBG, regional account funds. CDBG funds must be used to benefit low and moderate income persons and areas, alleviate slum and blight, or address an urgent need. Mojave County Community Services will be holding a public hearing on Thursday, January 11, 2024, at 5.30 p.m. to receive applications for funding assistance and gather citizen input on the use of the CDBG funds. It'll be located in the Sparrow Conference Room in the Community Services Department at Mojave County Administration Building, which is 700 West Field Street, Kingman, Arizona. The flyer presented to council members here tonight is available this evening, will also be displayed in Mojave County newspapers, social media, media press release, at community outreach centers as well as on the Mojave County Community Services webpage. You can go to www.mojave.gov, click on government at the top left, then select the community services link under the department section. If you want any more information or pre-application, you can reach out to me, Jamie Bernier, at 928-753-0723, extension 4217. And that's all the time I'll take of yours tonight. I thank you for allowing me to use this platform to get the information out. Thank you. Anyone else? Good 
good evening. Then it's Aldana, Bohead City. Um, I'm coming here to, to announce that uh, we are having our first live nativity here in Bullhead City at Gary Keith Park on the 14th. Uh, we will be doing two performances and uh, we are doing uh, will call tickets right now for $5 for adults, $3 for children, or you can purchase them at the door for $7 uh, adult and $4 for children. Uh, if you um, want to purchase them, uh, my number is 928-201-0962. And um, the performance is from five to six on the first one. The second one is 6.30 to 7.30. And it is gonna be kind of exciting. It's kind of like um, my baby. And uh, we're gonna have live animals also. So it's gonna be very exciting to do this year. Um, also on the 16th, we have our wreath ceremony uh, at the Veterans, the Arizona Veterans Memorial Park at noon. And um, I forgot I to say I was Veterans United. So that's it, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else, Sue? Good evening, Mayor, City Council members, and city officials. My name is Sue DeMarco. I'm here tonight to represent Saint. Um, Donna was going to come and speak in behalf of this issue. But first of all, I want to say, you want the good news or the bad news first? <laughs> I'm gonna give you the bad news and I'll end in good. Um, actually, this incident took place in Chandler and I'm gonna read it quickly. Following a shocking animal cruelty investigation, Chandler City Council tonight unanimously approved a plan to tighten laws surrounding cases of hoarding and neglect. It really further codifies and defines elements like hoarding, animal cruelty, neglect. The Mayor Harteki, I think is how you pronounce it, I'm not sure, said, under the current ordinances, animals may only be taken away when the court finds cruel mistreatment, cruel neglect, or abandonment. In some cases, legally seized animals would end up returning to their owners who have been abusing them. But this new ordinance allows for additional circumstances to seize an animal and each case be seen before a court to rule if the animal can be returned. It's one more tool in the toolbox for policy to keep our community safe, Harteki said, a tool that the Arizona Humane Society's Kelsey Dickerson says will make a big impact moving forward. When we do not have the legal abilities to protect these pets, there's really not much that the Arizona Humane Society can do, she said. And uh, Donna has contacted the Arizona Humane Society to set up a meeting. The updated ordinances defines animal hoarding as keeping animals in unsanitary or overcrowded living conditions and failing to provide proper medical treatment to care. It's a crime and that some in Chandler say some have existed before what took place with April McLaughlin, who had more than 50 dogs seized from her home and now faces several felony counts and more than 80 misdemeanors. So I'd like to see all of you get your heads together someday and get a plan going for more ordinances to protect our animals here in our community. They need a voice, I'm their voice. On a lighter note, and I'll end in a happy note, I hope, on December 14th, I know there's a lot going on, always is in our busy city, we have a fundraiser for Saint, and it's at the um, Sandbar Cocktail Lounge. It's on 1654 Highway 95 from five to eight. Um, I wanna say that all this money, well, 
most of the money will go for Ron Jenner's pet emergency, but 15% of our emergency fund donations are earmarked for the veteran use. Yay. Over there, Sean. So, for the veterans, there will be music, 50-50, and raffle items, so I hope you can be there, and that is from 5 to 8. Um, one of her other notes, well, I'm not going to mention this. I'm just supposed to look to see if the newspaper's here, but I don't see them tonight. <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to say thank you to the officers, and I know that they don't like me to call that much, but I do, and all the dispatchers know me by first name because the fireworks are still going off. I don't care if it's Groundhog's Day, they're letting off these illegal ones right behind my house, and one has landed on my roof before. So that's why I'm on it all the time. We're still a dry state, we always will be. Get rid of them, I hope someday they all disappear, and we have just a fun show out at the obby. Put them out there, let them, let them off out there. And if you men that want, love setting off these fireworks, these illegal ones, you want some fireworks, join the Army. Thank you. Next. Jim Fuller, Bullhead City. Mayor, Council. <coughs> anyway, uh, this book here, the Bible, I've been following this since 1987. I'm not perfect, and I crash every now and then, but. Uh, the one thing that I that I know of God on, in this book is that He loves honesty and truth, and I pray that all of us here, especially in government, operate that way. Uh, I won't come up here unless I have something of credible. I don't like to just spill words for nothing, but. But I listen and take advice from those when I need it, and that's why I, I did that a little while ago. But uh, I just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. I don't know if I'll be here at the next one. I'm going to go on elk hunting tomorrow, so hopefully I'll find one. And uh, I also, uh, I don't know, Billy Pershing, he might be listening. Billy, we miss you down here. You brought me down here. I would have never known how to do this, but Billy taught me how to go before a council and speak. So uh, I hope him and Amy a Merry Christmas, and I hope that they will join this family. I believe they belong here. So thank you very much. Thank you. Next, Gary. Good afternoon, Mayor, Council. Well, Gary Genovese, AKA the Ham Man, he's back and he'll be back one more time before the 21st, which will be pickup date for the Colorado River Historical Society Museum's fundraiser with the delicious, scrumptious, honey-baked ham. You've all seen this before. You've all, many of you have entreated yourself to this and you know how delightful it is. I know Mark has. I was there when we were late. Uh, Thanksgiving was a very, very good turnout. We had a truckload full of hams to deliver and we did so. Now we're doing it for Christmas. Once again, this is the Honey Baked Ham fundraiser for the museum so that we'll be able to 
continue on with this work of development and uh, adding to the buildings and adding to the artifacts and giving them a place to work uh, safe and sound and provide all of this stuff for you folks to entertain yourselves with when you get there. Very educational. So the hams will be available for Christmas and Susanna Van Sloten will be the one that will be the contact point for this. Her number is 928-234-4807. 928-234-4807. The cutoff date for ordering the hams will be noon on December 21st. That's when we'll be heading toward Henderson. Order your ham by noon, and we'll have it available for you at her house in the evening between 6 and 8. And thank you very much, and enjoy. Thank you. Next. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. This is a road problem that we have. State your name, please. Chris Bondi. Bullhead City, 47 years. Okay, uh, this is on North Oatman Road. There's nowhere to walk from 1642 North Oatman Road down to the Christine Stamper place. They, I've almost hit two people and I, I'd really feel like crap if I did. Uh, we need a sidewalk put in or something. There's not even a dirt, It's a rock embankment like this and people are walking and someone's gonna get hurt and I just hate I just hate to see something like that something that could be fixed but I think of maybe a sidewalk or something or some kind of idea we put our heads together we can fix anything thank you and Merry Christmas everybody thank you next Sean Bullhead City. Um, basically, I'm coming up. Um, there are two things I'd like to address. One is uh, along the roadside, I was riding my motorcycle on 95, and those round puddles they've been digging up, um, it's very severe. It almost knocked me off my bike, and a car would have hit, hit me as close as they were driving to me. So I'd appreciate if those things can get addressed, because they are extremely dangerous especially for those that are on our motorcycles. The other thing i like to uh, address, and it's kind of a um, little bit of a uh, sad heart, is um, <clears throat> due to the fact of my father being ill, I'm going to take some time away from my nonprofit and at least set it aside for a little bit. Uh, dogs are safe, but um, I still be working in some sort of capacity, just not as uh, vigorous as I was. I don't get very much uh, enthusiasm from the city anyway, so it's it's probably a good thing. What I'm going to do is probably make it more of an elite organization, and you're going to have to fight to get in rather than me to fight to have people come in. I think that's a better approach. Anyway, um, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Anyone else? Jody? I've never been so mad. Oh, Scotty from Bullhead, before you interrupt me, Steve. I've never seen 
a Republican Party anywhere in this United States more lowlife than what Jeannie Kinch did yesterday or last weekend. She interfered in my election, and so did you and your wife, Barbara Houston, and several others in this room. I am taking this to the Attorney General, Steve D'Amico. What you did was get rid of Ashley Garrick. I happen to be running with her. Here's my side of the card, and here's Ashley Garrick's side of the card. And we're, oh, I'm also running with Donna Ramirez for county assessor, and Valerie, county recorder. And you've interfered on two of these people. You take them to court, and they don't allow them in the Republican building. What you did, you don't, Jeannie Kinch doesn't know the bylaws or anything. She don't even know what she is anymore. It's a 501 or whatever. She broke so many rules, but we'll let Miss Mays loves Mojave County anyway. I have fun when she sits you down, Steve. Yeah, they were legally barred from entering the District 2 headquarters earlier this season because your wife lost twice to Valerie. When is she gonna grow up? Now let's get on to real happy things that I got here. This cost me $12.50. 20 cents, sorry. 10 cents a page. This is the travel expenses that you guys have been taking for the year. Oh, here's a page. Let's start with the top one here. Well, kind of. Almost. Oh, you guys all went to Tucson to the town and annual conference, cities and towns. You spent $12,000 almost. $12,000, $11,999, whatever. You're going to a Coast Guard meeting in Las Vegas? What the hell for? There's $918 for some crap. Water meeting with governor, $389. I noticed you went on all of these. There's two or three pages you went. And you take Billy and Edgar with you, or why do you need to take all these people? What the heck? Oh, Travis and Edgar. And I am noticing one thing on this thing. Toby Carter's not going on this hardly. He went to a couple of them. What is with you two? You're not getting along because you're not going on these things together? You won't go because he's going? You need to get along with our city manager. Your time's up, Scotty. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, I hope you have, too. I'll have a wonderful day. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take a pause here. Uh, normally, we can't uh, answer back, but when you fire at me personally, I am allowed to. So, first of all, uh, ad I'm going to call order, Scotty. Okay, first of all, with the GOP thing that really doesn't have business with government here, uh, we are just PCs. We had nothing to do with any of your court hearings or removing anybody or anything. Um, but I'm not going to get on that. I'm going to get on our travel. And I'm so happy you brought it up, Scotty, because I'm proud of all of our travel. I'll start, where do I start? The Coast Guard. Uh, we went down there and that's when we arranged our water safety and we got them to come out here and, uh, and uh, patrol our uh, shores right here for water safety. And what did, what did we spend on that? Gas? Just gas. Uh, the next one, uh, we went to Tucson. We Scotty, one more time and I'm gonna have you removed. Well, let me Thank you. You have a wonderful night.
pause for a second here. I apologize. Did you get the listening device? Thank you. Okay, and he can watch this later and hear all this, but. The next trip I took was to Tucson, or was to, um, where did we go for the transportation board meeting? We went up to uh, Wins Winslow. Winslow, Winslow, Arizona. Uh, Travis and myself went up there, and I believe Eddie also. That's when we, uh, we secured $25 million for Highway 95 that's going to be getting repaved here. Um, Probably two trips to Phoenix uh, was to see uh, John Gillette and speak with the legislation, and we got $8 million. The check's actually in the bank for our right-hand turn lanes. Uh, next trip was to go speak to, uh, give a presentation. We made two different trips. Uh, one was to speak with the Arizona State Legislator, another one was to speak with the Arizona Center, Senate and give them uh, all the information on the state sovereign land that we were paying uh, approximately $13,000 a year for the last, what, 25, 30 years. And we got that land awarded to us and we are no longer paying that money. Uh, what is the next trip? Uh, the League of Cities. Every city here in Arizona participates in the annual League of Cities. That's when you have your state legislators there from all over the, uh, the state. That's when you have everybody there. There's good training there. You get uh, talk to people about stuff we need done there. Every city does that. Um, our trip to Washington. He hasn't got that one yet. Our trip to Washington. Uh, we went out there. We're, we're trying to get $300 million for water, imp uh, two water purification centers where we could, down by the river, where we could have fresh, clean water coming straight to our sinks. We also met with Department of Transportation to try and secure money to have um, the parkway completely rebuilt. Uh, we also met with, uh, I could keep going on on all the departments. Uh, I know we put in about 17,000 steps a day up there. Um, but I can assure you, every trip we made, we accomplished something. Not only did we, we spent a little bit of city money and saved the city big money, and we're getting good things done for our, for our city, so. So hopefully uh, Mr. Scotty could watch that later and get educated a little. But I apologize for this, uh, but uh, I'm allowed to explain myself when I'm attacked personally, and I was. So we'll continue with the call to the public. Thank you. Who would like to come up next? Eva? Good evening, council members, mayor, and Toby Cotter. Uh, I'm here to coax you guys into coming out to see not a creature was stirring, not even a moose, by the local river, cities, community players, theater players at the Optimum Center, uh, December 7th, which is Thursday at 7, Friday, December 8th at 7, Saturday, December 9th at 2, and Sunday, December 10th at 2. I'm going to the one December 10th, uh, right after we go to church and 
Steakhouse. Uh, the Optimum Center is located at 2380 Optimum Way in Bullhead City, and tickets, tickets are available online at rcctp.bookbooktix.com. And uh, this is a, it's a comedy, and it's uh, by Pat Cook, so I'm sure it's fabulous. Now, on Thursday, this Thursday, December 7th, if you bring in a toy for the toy collection, you will get a free ticket. So I hope you can come to that. Uh, Friday night is the high school uh, choir is doing their annual Christmas presentation. And uh, we hope you can come to that. It's at 7 o'clock. And I support the choir because I believe young people are our future, and those are tremendous students and singers. It's at 7 o'clock at the high school auditorium, and I believe the tickets are $7 for adults and $5 for students. One more thing. On December 9th, which is Saturday, we're having at the Mojave Marketplace, we're having toys for kids collection and a car show. If you want to be in the car show, all you do is bring a toy, uh, not wrapped, open toy, and uh, that are uh, valued at $20 and you'd be free entry that way. And it's from eight o'clock to 2 p.m. And the marketplace is really at Texaco Station at Joy Lane and 95. And Hope Mary, you can come out and be a judge. And uh, it's at 5480 South Highway 95 in Fort Mojave. And I think you got it all. I'm sure you guys will come out and visit and uh, have a great time. Thank you so much. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Good evening, Nicole Tracy, uh, here on behalf of Bullhead City Kiwanis Morning Club. Good evening, Mayor and uh, wonderful city officials and uh, council members. Uh, I'm here to tell you about some, and I am also have my wonderful friend Tamara Brackett-Sprague. Uh, we are here to talk about um, the Salvation Army and how uh, we are helping bring attention to the kettles. And so um, I have a few things I'm going to share with you tonight, but um, if we can have, uh, I'm not sure how much time we can have, but um, we'll go quickly. Uh, so this December the 9th, Saturday, we'll be uh, meeting in front of Sam's Club and our Bullhead City Morning Club will be ringing the bells all day long. Uh, we're really excited. We're gonna have music playing uh, from noon on. And at 2.30, we're doing a community caroling. So please uh, come down and, and lend your voice. Uh, Scoopy is gonna be there, the custard cone. And uh, I'm hoping that I can uh, talk Bravo the Bull perhaps into coming down to help celebrate and uh, bring attention again to to the Red Kettles. Salvation Army, uh, when I first started uh, Kiwanis, was down 40% in their kettle donations, and that was before COVID hit. So um, my husband and myself put together something that we called Red Kettle Rhythms, but there was already something in place that is incredible for the Salvation Army. So that will, um, that will also be happening uh, Wednesday, December the 13th. I've also organized for Wednesday uh, with this wonderful um, program that Tamara has set up. Uh, we will be also having music. So if you would like to share. Like to 
Uh, hello, Mayor and Council Members. My name is Tamara Sprague, my local realtor, and I'm also on the advisory board for the Salvation Army. Real Estate Wednesday was started in 2013 and gives realtors and affiliates in the real estate in industry the unique opportunity to become partners with the Salvation Army to help the less fortunate in our community. The Salvation Army Red Kettle Bell Ringing is the largest fundraiser of the year for the Salvation Army. That's how they keep their doors open is with uh, the donations of that. Salvation Army provides daily food bags for the homeless, monthly food boxes, and individual family shower services, clothing, and household goods and vouchers. They are very active in our community. Um, in the month of October, Salvation Army served 376 families and individuals with food. The Salvation Army provided 53 Thanksgiving dinner boxes this year and expected to feed over 100 families at Christmas. Um, we will be ringing the realtors every Wednesday. So starting tomorrow, the following Wednesday, and then the Wednesday before Christmas, we have 10 different locations in Bullhead City and Fort Mojave. Um, Salvation Army is located at 1461 Palmer Road, and with the Salvation Army, your dollar goes far, but not far away. Yes, and that's what's so wonderful is all the money that uh, that is collected stays in this community. So that's that's what we want. So um, thank you. Uh, I'm also here to share with you, uh, very excited about our very first uh, superhero 5K. It'll be uh, our morning club's first event in um, the 2024, uh, in the new year. And um, we're super excited. We're going to be raising funds to get new playground equipment uh, for Ken uh, Favgro Park. And we are, um, we're working and getting everything together right now. It's gonna be just a, a fun, um, fun morning of children and adults if you'd like to dress up as superheroes um, can either do a 5k uh, um, run uh, which is 3.5 miles or there will be a one mile walk we anticipate about 100 to 175 um, participants this will be around the perimeter of Rotary Park and um, about, about 35 uh, percent of that will be kids with their parents doing the walking and and uh, it's just gonna be a, a wonderful, fun day. So um, if anyone is interested in uh, sponsorship, we're working with uh, CASA Council, which I'm sure you all know is an incredible voice for the foster children in uh, our community to the courts and, and an incredible resource. So um, working with them. Uh, and so if you would like to get any more information, please visit our website, which is www bhcmorningkiwanis.com. That's www.bhcmorningkiwanis.com. And I believe that that is it. I thank you all so very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate you, and I'm sorry that you are never more than appreciated. Thank you. God bless. Julie? Good evening, Mayor, Council, and staff. I'm Julie Hassett. I'm president of Colorado River Concerts, and I wanted to thank people for joining us for the first concert of the season last month. Uh, we began our fourth series season with a wonderful performer from Ireland who shared the music of, from his leading roles on Broadway, 
and London's West End as, long as, as well as some Irish music. He was accompanied by a pianist who happens to be a musical director on Broadway, and um, he shared some of his solo piano uh, music too. So we started out great. We had uh, many, many students, more than 500 for our student education outreach program. It was really joyful and the kids were all really well behaved because he just, our performer held their attention and kids learned and enjoyed it. Um, our next show is January 25th and uh, it's Divas 3. Three Voices, Four Decades of Music from the Biggest Divas in Music History. And we will also be continuing on in February with Vox Fortura, International Pop-Up Quartet, who happen to be semi-finalists in Britain's Got Talent. You can see them on YouTube and find out a little bit more about them. They're really amazing. And then Key of G Live, the best of Garth Brooks, will end our season March 7th. We're also excited to do a special show for um, Mojave Valley High School student, I'm not sorry, not high school, Mojave Valley Junior High and elementary students when we bring uh, Rob Verde, who has a collection of probably 100 saxophones from the very smallest to the largest in the world, which is a six-foot saxophone. He will be doing programs for the, the Mojave Valley Junior High and elementary, and then he will be Hopefully, he will also be staying over and doing a master class for the uh, band students at Mojave High. So that will be in the beginning of January. That's something we've added on because we're very thankful that we have so many donors who are very um, positive and helpful to us about, perform about presenting these programs for youth. And I thank all the donors who have been so supportive last season and this season. Um, it was great for us to come back strong, and uh, we thank you so much, and we just want to continue on with all these great things to present performing arts in our community. So come and come to a show, crconcerts.com. There are still three shows left in the season. Season tickets are $100 for all three shows. Single tickets are $35. Uh, student tickets, single tickets are $5 for the shows for 18 years and under, 14 years and under must be accompanied by a paid adult. And we also welcome sponsorships from our donors. So please join us. We have wonderful performing arts in our community and at uh, international, some quite often international shows. This time we have two international shows and um, it's all for us, for our community. So please join us. Thank you. CRconcerts.com. Anyone else? All right, then we'll close the call to the public. Consent agenda, are there any items to be withdrawn from the consent agenda? If not, I'll take a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve the consent agenda as presented. Second. Cast your votes. Councilmember Letman, your vote. I vote yes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Manager's report. Thank you, Mayor D'Amico, council members. Uh, just a few items this evening. First, uh, we're joined by Terry Tomlinson, who's the Vice President Program Development of the Tri-State Region for the BHS Legacy Foundation. And Terry is here to give us a report. As you all know, Terry has been a great partner uh, of the city, along with the Legacy Foundation. Our parks, our community is much better because of them. And Terry is here to update us on their project and their programs. and our future partnerships. 
Good evening, Mayor D'Amico, City Council, Toby Cotter, staff. This I'm Terry Tomlinson, and this is Kristen Williams. We're representing Legacy Foundation. Thank you for letting us share a few of your minutes tonight to give you a six-month update. Kristen and I go over this information all the time, and we get all excited and thrilled, and oh boy, oh boy, we did this, we did that. So I said, you know, we needed to provide something to you folks because you help fund the program. So thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. Our, do we have the PowerPoint up? No? I'm not sure, Mackenzie, do, you, do we have it? We can wing it. All right, let's wing it. Wing it, we're gonna wing it. So the first year, this year was a year of transition for us because we wanted to work with the districts and get them involved and used to us going on site. So we were able to serve all of our schools this year and we actually went on site. So I wanna thank the superintendents of Bullhead City Schools and Mojave Valley Schools because they worked with us and accommodated us and let us come on site because that's what we're gonna do next year. So we added pants this year, thank you very much. That was a big wish that I had and we have been out buying pants like nobody's business, but I'll let Kristen give all of that information. Um, Kristen, you're up. Thank you so much for allowing us to present tonight. So some of our Bullhead City outcomes is that we served 709 Bullhead City youth and it was an increase of 46% from last year. And I really attribute that again to our working with our superintendents and being able to go onto campus. Um, and this going onto campus, like Terry mentioned, is gonna help us with future years and our Connection Express, um, which she'll talk about later. Um, we also, one of my big goals was to make sure that we elevated what we're giving to the kids and making it so that if a kid went onto campus, they weren't called out as being the poor child. So I went to every store locally to buy backpacks. I went and bought pants, um, shoes. So we had Nike shoes, Converse shoes, um, and really tried to give the kids the things that they want, that they see their peers. And it, the kids' smiles were unremarkable because it was just, or remarkable, sorry, wrong. <laughs> I'm nervous if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, also when she says pant shopping, um, yes, I purchased 1,400 pairs of which we'll be giving two to each youth um, on the Connection Express starting January through March. Um, and we've been giving them away through our immediate need program as well. Well, I had some really nice photos of our law enforcement um, that would have shown, but what I wanted to do is just thank our police force for coming out and volunteering. The sheer amount of volunteers that we get to put this on is amazing. I cannot do it by myself, and so I really rely on the 116 volunteers that we had this year. So thank you to our local law enforcement, Lions Club members, Mojave Community College, and various other um, community members that represent organizations. Um, some of the things is we are known for Backpack Buddies, but we do have several other youth programs. Uh, we do a lot of community outreach, so CASA Council is one that we work with very closely to provide for them. McKinney-Vento program through the, the schools, um, and it's really our way of serving kids at the time that they need it. We also have our immediate need, which works with the school nurses. We have our coats for kids that um, actually Mayor D'Amico um, went to last year um, and we give the coats to the kids. 
they get to try them on. It's a really fun night. Um, we give the sweatshirts that are school logoed, and then we do our high school shopping night, which is coming up. And in prior years, we've done it at Kohl's. This year, we'll be at Ross. The kids get $100 to go shopping right before Christmas, and it is so much fun, one of my favorite events that we do. And the grand total for youth served in Bullhead City for 2023 is 2,163. And when we include the pants, we'll be at 2,863, um, which I'm really, really excited for. Um, and this can't, again, be done without volunteers. So I just wanna say, again, thank you, you know, our police officers, Mojave Community College, and so forth. Um, so overall though, um, during Backpack Buddies, we served 1,679 kids across the tri-state area. That was an increase of 87% from last year. And our total youth served through all of our youth programs is right on track to hit 5,000 of our community uh, kids. So Terry will now talk about the future of our youth programs. So yeah, the future. We have a bus, I'm so excited, and I cannot wait for it to get done. But we were awarded funds to um, go out and get a shuttle bus. It's in process of getting retrofitted. We have brand new bus seats, if anybody's interested. <laughs> but it's getting retrofitted. It's going to have cabinets, bins, storage, racks to hang things on. This is where we're going to go to the schools and serve the kids on site. We've developed an on-site or online sign-up for the schools. When do you want us there? What makes sense? What's your timeline? So they're going online, reserving a time. So we're already booked up for the next several months, pending the bus being done by the end of the year, which I hope it will be. For the future, we have increased our inventory so much that we needed a place. So I went to the legacy board members and said, hey, we have some property in Fort Mojave. Can you build a building for us so that we can have a permanent home? And surprisingly, they agreed. So um, the plans have been submitted to the county. We're, I guess, waiting for their approval. But our hope is that by summer of 2024, the building will be done, will be moved in, and um, be able to provide a lot more product to many more kids. So to end it, I wanna thank you for, for doing what you do, because I know it's difficult. And, and thank you for being true to your hearts, because I know you have a lot of conflict. And I wanna thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your support, because truly we couldn't do it without you. So I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful and beautiful 2024. Thank you. And we are here to ask, answer any questions you might have. Does anyone have any questions? I'd just Ter like to thank you. I appreciate everything you guys do and all the hard work. Terry, we may have found the presentation. Let me ask Mackenzie if, it, if we uh, ever got that loaded. We have to do that again. <laughs> no, you definitely don't have to do it, but there were a few pictures in there. I don't know if we were able to get it loaded or not. Oh, well. It's a big, big file. It is. It is. But uh, any, any thought on that, Mackenzie? Also, Terry, no. I'd be happy to come hand out jackets again this year. Thank let, you. Let me, let me know the date. Just message yes. me the date, and I'll be there. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And I would like to add a little editorial comment to that presentation. 
Um, there's no strings attached. Uh, the council did allocate that funding to the Legacy Foundation for this program that was just described. I mean, there was nothing saying that those items had to be purchased in Bullhead City, but that's a huge amount of product being purchased in the city, which of course is paying sales tax. And so um, that partnership, as you can see, is one much bigger than just a check written out to the Legacy Foundation to provide clothes and shoes and pants, but it also um, has an economic development standpoint where our local businesses are seeing the benefit as well, rather than some large Amazon order. So we certainly appreciate that. Thank you. Um, just a couple other quick things this evening. Um, I'll do two and three a little bit backwards, but on December 16th, it really is a huge day for the community. And uh, what you'll find on the 16th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Fieldhouse is the city's Christmas festival. And that uh, is probably going to be one of the largest events ever held at the Fieldhouse. And so mark your calendars for the 16th of December from 10 to 6. And that'll be vendors and food trucks outside. And then inside will be a, a Disneyland, really. Um, so wristbands are $15 for the kids uh, you know, who will be participating per person if adults want to get involved too. But there's going to be an indoor roller skating rink, snowman maze, a disco snowman bounce house, an alpine slide, climbing mountain, snowball fights, etc., etc. an actual real carousel, a real like swing that you see at a carnival. Um, so it's going to just be awesome. And then later that evening, the chamber and the city are partnering up with other partners uh, for the holiday boat parade, which is basically in the evening, great viewing from the Bullhead Bell along the Colorado River at Community Park. Um, all of these things are gonna just make for a really splendid day on the 16th of December. So if you'd like more information on all of those items, you can go to the city or the chamber's Facebook page or websites. You'll find a ton of information available. So if you haven't marked your calendars yet, for the 16th of December, you might want to do so because it's going to be a great day here in the community. And then lastly, uh, Utility Director Mark Clark is going to talk a little bit about utility collections. And um, there are just a few people out there who have refused to pay. Um, since we've taken over EPCOR, we've worked with you know, all kinds of people on payment plans and other things. But we actually have a few customers who just flat out refuse to pay for water. and. I mean, there are repercussions to that, and Mark's going to talk a little bit about that. Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Uh, as, as Toby said, had, uh, we've had the water system for about two years now, and we waited a while before we started collections because we knew people would, needed to get used to where to pay and, and make, making the checks out to the correct party. So we waited a little while before we began collection processes, and that began this last summer. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, however, what we found is most of our customers do a great job. They pay their bills on time, and it's not a problem. A few of them get a little behind, and we've made payment plans with them uh, so that they could catch up on their bills. However, we have that very small percentage that are really, really um, taking it to the extreme. Uh, we've got customers who we've taken their meter out of service, we've locked it off, and they've cut the locks off repeatedly. I'm, I'm talking about people cutting the locks off three, four times. So we went to different types of locks that were harder to cut off. 
and through ingenuity, they found a way to cut those locks off. We had one customer that went as far, we, we actually removed his meter and he put a jumper in there. And um, again, we, we had to go and lock it off again. He then ran a hose across the street to a neighbor's house that wasn't being used, just a theft of water. Um, so we, we have those few that are doing really, really bad things and causing problems for everybody. So we're going to be moving and escalating uh, our, our actions against these individuals. We will be, um, I've talked to the city attorney uh, about prosecuting these individuals uh, because when this other, this individual that I'm talking about also dug up our main because we actually had to dig up our main and disconnect his service at the main. Once we did that, we, we, we put some material there so we'd know if anybody messed with it. And, and it was dug up and the only person that would have a reason to try and dig it up would be the individual that wasn't paying his water bill. Uh, he didn't, couldn't figure out how to reconnect it there so that's when he hooked the hose across the street. Uh, we also have some customers on the sewer side that are doing the same thing. They tell us, well, you can't shut us off. There's nothing you can do. So we're going to be going after these customers too. So those, and again, it's a very, very small percentage, but we need to start making examples of these people because we can't let them continue to get service without paying for it. So we will, in the future, not too distant future, we will be digging up some sewer laterals at some homes and we will be plugging them up so that they will no longer be connected to the sewer system. Um, we're, we may have to take a couple of other additional people and <coughs> cut them off at the, at the water main, uh, disconnect their services because they keep cutting the locks off. So we are gonna be escalating our, our activities, but again, it's a very small percentage, but that very small percentage can make it really bad for the rest of our customers. And, and just to tap on a little bit more to that, as Mark said, we've worked with hundreds of customers on payment plans. We've helped people connect with uh, United Way or the River Fund or other charitable uh, you know, places if they couldn't pay. But there are just people who, who have gone for years and we've tried to work with them. The city has done way more than any utility has ever done in the history of utilities in the city. I can promise you that. Um, go four or five years without paying your electric bill and see if you still have electricity. You won't. And so, but we have people going four and five years without paying a sewer bill and we've done everything within our power. So it's not the big bad arm of government trying to do something. It's you have a legal obligation to pay for the services provided. Everyone else is from, you know, 20, thousand other accounts that are out there so there's an opportunity for people to come in and fix that right so we don't have to you know do that work in the right-of-way and stop the flow of sewer water to those properties and that's what we would prefer so if any of your constituents or friends or neighbors are in that position have them come into City Hall and we will work out something so that we don't have to cut them off but if there are individuals out there who just flat out say, I don't have to pay the government, well, I'm sure there are other issues with that as well, but you have to pay for water and sewer services that are delivered to your property. I'd also like to just make a quick comment on the Highway 95 situation that was brought up at Call to the Public. Sean had mentioned those big um, cutouts that are on the highway. The highway is in deplorable condition, we all agree. It's getting repaved. They're moving their way from Needles up to Bullhead City. 
In hindsight, Angie and I wish we would have pushed them to go from Bullhead City to Needles. That wasn't their plan. Unfortunately, we just agreed with their plan and didn't protest. But they're making their way up. We think they're about a month away from being in the city limits. As they continue up north, um, all of it will be corrected. If there's major potholes, it's up to us to fill them. ADOT's not filling them. Um, those big round circular areas, they build them and now the traffic has beat them down and, and it's, it's like, you know, kind of playing Frogger out there on the highway. It's not fun. But, you know, we've spent thousands of dollars just in the past couple months keeping it drivable. We're getting a brand new road starting in about 30 to 60 days. They will be marching north. So um, if there's anything of major consequence, you know, Angie's crew can go out there and fix those. But, you know, for every thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars we spend out there, it's going to be milled just shortly thereafter. Then again, we got 40,000 cars a day plus minus driving out there and none of us want to keep driving through these potholes. So we'll do our best to keep it drivable. Um, but it's again, it's not our road yet. We will be taking full control and full jurisdiction of Highway 95 once the project is complete. Right now, it's still ADOT's road. So I know that's not what the public wants to hear. People are on Facebook saying it's, it's horrible to drive on Highway 95. We agree. And that's why, as the mayor mentioned before, the $27 million to repave. And, and the county got, gets the benefit first for the, all the work that we did to get the money. So we just got to get a couple more months, and that road will be brand new. Thank you. Thank you. All right, council members' reports on current items. Mr. Mayor, I'd just like to say um, thank you to the Colorado River Women's Council for the amazing job that they did on the Boombox Parade and all the incredible participants, and to AC Hero for being uh, selected as the overall best float. Um, I also wanted to say that Murphy Broadcasting is having a holiday bake and craft sale at Anderson Fieldhouse this Saturday from 10 to 4. So those really help our local small businesses, so please go to that if you can. And on December 16th at 6 p.m., there's a free concert at the Mojave High School Auditorium done by Desert Star. It's Elf Jr. Also, last night we were able to go to the lighting of the Bullhead Bell, and ev everybody there did such an excellent job. It's just beautiful. So if you have a chance to go down to the Bullhead Bell and check that out. Also, just a reminder for the Fireman's Toy Drive that if you have toys, just make sure you drop them off to the different locations by December 14th, because they're picking them all up on December 15th. And as far as... Um, ADOT goes, they have done a great job on Highway 68 and the latter part of Highway 95, so I'm really looking forward to them finishing our section. Anyone else? Okay, I'm going to remind everybody it was actually in today's paper and at last council meeting I announced it. Every, I'm sure most people are aware of the animal abuse incident that happened in town. And we are having a meeting tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. at the Optimum Center, Building 3, Room Number 3, which is the thing. Uh, um, room uh, and actually if enough people show up we'll, we're going to open up the library uh, if we have to we'll open up the gym everybody and anybody is welcome and uh, we're going to get the public's input and see what we can do and, and the most important things we need to do to move forward what we can do with the city uh, what I may need to do to lobby the state uh, to change some of the state laws uh, but 
Everybody knows I'm an animal lover. I have three dogs, and uh, you're probably not going to believe this, but I like dogs more than people. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not a good thing to say when you when you go out for votes, but I'm sorry, they're true. Uh, but anyway, 5:30 tomorrow, Optimum Center, building number three, room number three. Everybody, please come out and voice your concerns, and and we'll see what we can get taken care of. All right. And no one else. All right. I'll take a waiver motion, please. Mr. Mayor, I move to waive the reading in full of all ordinances and resolutions presented for adoption at this meeting. Second a motion. I cast your votes. Councilmember Lettman, your vote? Yes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number two. Discussion possible action to adopt ordinance number 2023-27 by reference, approving an amendment to chapter 17.06, general district requirements, title 17 of the Bullhead City Municipal Code, and adopt resolution number 2023-R54, declaring the code amendment a public record. Planning manager, Johnny Laura, will present this item. Good evening, mayor and council. So this request was initiated by a citizen regarding the city codes accessory square footage calculation. So currently the city code allows the total square footage of accessory structures on a lot to exceed the livable square footage of the main home by up to 50%. Accessory structures include all garages, detached awnings and carports, guest houses, pool houses, things of that nature. This amendment proposes two things. First, it limits the number of accessory living structures to two per lot on single family residential lots and it removes the square footage of accessory living square, accessory living stru structures from the overall accessory structure calculation. So essentially this would allow the construction of guest houses and other living spaces without impacting the allowable square footage for garages. We included in the packet an illustration uh, of a hypothetical scenario under the current regulations and under the proposed. Uh, this did go to the Planning and Zoning Commission. They did recommend approval on the five to two vote. And I stand for any questions. Have any questions? Well, it's a good way to get your mother-in-law out of the house. Get her in the backyard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it. Does anyone from the audience have any questions? All right, then I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number two as read. Cast your votes. Councilmember Lettman, your vote. Yes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number three. Discussion of possible action to accept the Bullhead City Water Master Plan dated September 2023. Mayor D'Amico, council members, we did have a lengthy workshop on this. We've talked about it actually at more than one workshop, so we probably won't spend a lot of time on it this evening. Happy to answer any questions you have. Um, essentially, what, why did we do the Water Master Plan, right? That's what the public ought to know, and Mark will explain that just a little bit. Um, it was a million dollar document and it was the first time with this cobbled system that we acquired from EPCOR uh, that there was actually a plan put together on how the system works and where the system is going in the future. So it was money well spent for us to get our arms around all the needs of this water system. Um, it's a very hefty uh, two full uh, packets here next to the councilman. Um, we're happy to make it available to anyone from the public there's really it's for the water geeks of the world this is a great read um, and so mark can explain a little bit more 
of, of what this document does and how it'll help us. But again, um, just so the public knows, we've spent quite a few hours on this already as a council and with the community for the workshop. So if you're really interested in it, certainly we could provide the documentation, but you can watch some of those past workshops as well. Mark will give the thumbnail right now. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Cotter. I only have an hour presentation for you tonight. Uh, but all kidding aside, um, we did spend a lot of hours, thousands of hours were put into this by many different people uh, putting this water master plan together. This is the first time the city has had a comprehensive water master plan put together. When citizens owned the uh, water company, they never had one. When American Water owned the company, owned the water system, they didn't have one. And when EPCOR owned the water system, they did not have one. So it was kind of like shooting blind. You were, you were saying, I think this is the right way to go, but, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. So now we have a good, solid plan for the city to move forward. We know what we need, we know where we need it. Uh, in the past, we've got a lot of facilities that have to have the water boosted multiple times in order to get it at the proper pressures to our customers. And even then, in some areas, we can't get the pressures that we would really like to have for those customers. This plan shows us how we can get there to get them better pressure. This plan also shows us how to eliminate a lot of those booster stations because a lot of the facilities that we currently have once our new facilities are put in place, those booster stations go away. Mother Nature is our friend, and once we boost it once into a storage tank, we can gravity feed it down. So that way, if we ever have times like we did a little over a year ago when uh, power was out, Mother Nature's there, so all we need is a generator at one place instead of trying to get all these generators at multiple locations to boost water to all of our customers. So it's a very strategic plan. It makes us very efficient and very effective in how we're going to produce water and how we're gonna get that water to our end customers. So if you have any questions, we've gone over this quite a bit and um, I don't wanna take up a whole lot of time because we've already gone over this, but if you have any questions, I'm here to answer any of those questions. Thank you. Anyone have any questions? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the ink and the ointment or whatever. But anyways, <laughs> I have a few questions. The first one is on uh, page ES9, or ES7. That would be page 9. There's a spike in water use from 2020 to 2022. Would that have been a period of time when you took over EPCOR till now? Well, 21 was when we took it over the middle of 21. Well, towards the latter half of 21. So it would include some of the time that we owned it and some of the time that EPCOR owned it. Okay. Uh, next question I have is, uh, how many transfer stations and valves have backup generators? In, in our water side, not enough. We've, we've got them at uh, multiple well sites. We've got them at uh, one, two, We've got them at four of our well sites, and we need to add more. But we have a couple of portables, and that's what we use, because typically the whole city doesn't go down at the same time. So we, those backup generators that we have can be moved to the locations that they're needed. And then, like I said, we've got generators at the other four sites. Okay, in the um, pages uh, that I read, uh, this has a statement in it as far as uh, the city having to maintain a certain flow rate for the fire department or fire use. 
what would that be and do we have that as a mandate or what? We have that in most locations. Uh, fire department, if it's a residential area, they typically require a thousand gallons a minute for 60 minutes. And then if it's a, a commercial location, they require, typically require 1,500 gallons a minute for that 60 minutes. Okay, uh, in the event that all of our pumps and storage facilities are inoperable, do we have the ability to switch or transfer water from one source to another? Not currently, that's part of what this water master plan did. It showed us how to interconnect the system to make it more efficient and more effective. Okay, a couple more and I'm out of your hair. Um, now, if I recall correctly, <coughs> one of the meetings that we discussed is that this master plan going out for 10 years was based on current dollars rather than then year dollars, correct? Correct. Okay, now, since we're looking at 10-year plan, what do we do with all the piping and generators and pumps that we have that are in the ground now will not be covered by this master plan? Well, actually, they are covered by the master plan. It's just that some of those uh, utility assets typically have a very long life. Uh, wells typically last you 50 to 70 years. Um, pipes can last even longer, they can last 100 years. So it just depends on the type of, of facility that you're talking about. But most of our facilities are starting to get close to the end of their lives. And you will see a number of those in, the, in that capital improvement plan are, are designated for replacement. Okay, one last question and you'll be through. Uh, what have we spent so far since taking over EPCOR on all of the water in the sewerage? No. Oh. Um, we've spent probably, and again, I don't have an exact number. I don't know if Robert can get that really quick either, because that, that's not a question that I was anticipating. Uh, but I can get that for you. I just, I just don't have it right now. But we've spent a lot of money uh, on the water system so far. We spent, you know, millions of dollars on it so far. That's all I have for now. Thank you very much. Council member, I would, I would like to add though, despite the fact that we you know, paid 100 million for the system and have invested you know, nearly 15 million or more already and have a great group of employees and all those things, we have not raised rates. And we have not brought a rate case to the council. And we've owned it for more than two years. So a credit to the council and I think to our staff that we held our, our promise. We said we would not bring a rate case forward. Um, it's been two years. EPCOR has in fact increased rates on all of their customers throughout this great state of ours. So I think our residents will you know, realize that in their water bill that we have not raised rates. When we look at the ten overall 10 year plan, each and every year that's on there pretty much stands on, on its own so we could either take out or we can eventually uh, add money if necessary into that particular year, correct? Yeah, if we need to, depending on what the funding is available, we can move things out a year or two. We'll, we will be working through that plan. We have a prioritization of all of the facilities that are in that capital plan, and we'll be working from the top and working our way down as funds are available. So that may require us to move things from year to year. Uh, thank you very much, and I want to tell you, it was very interesting reading the entire document. 
Thank you very much. And Mayor, I'd also like to add too, I mean, part of what we're doing outside of the master plan is working on additional funding sources. You know, thanks to you and Travis for heading to DC and lobbying for the $300 million water grant we've applied for. Whether we get all of that or a portion of that, that will help offset the costs in this master plan. And as you all know, Assistant City Manager Eddie Jarrah is working on grants every single day. So if we can get more, that offsets our cost moving forward. That is a major issue that we tried to convey to the public. EPCOR is not available to get any of those. EPCOR is not eligible to get those grants. We are. And so as we continue to move forward, that document can lead us, but it also can help us get grant funding as well. And I'll add a little to that. When we, uh, when we took over EPCOR, the public asked us uh, a very good question. Is the quality of the water going to be any better when we take it over? And we were blatantly honest, no. It's not going to be any better or any worse. We get this money from the federal government, which we, we have a chance. No guarantees in anything in life, but we do, we do have a chance. Um, we could actually have good, clean, fresh water that you could drink out of the faucet come into your house in the near future. So, all right, and anyone else have any questions? Anyone from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item three in red. I second a motion. Cast your votes, please. Councilmember Letman, you vote. Yes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. All right. I know we still have one more meeting before Christmas, but I'll start now and I'll repeat it again. Everyone have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a joyful Kwanzaa, and if you're atheist, just have a good day. <laughs> Thank you.